This is exactly right. Hey, do you want a podcast? Hey. Hi. Hi. We need a way to start this and end this. That's like... That's clean. Right. Distinctive. Mm -hmm. What if it was like um, 70s newscast, kind of like a... That'd be good, right? Yeah. This just in. (laughs) Instead, it's just me laying down on the love seat. guys. Uh, You leaning back on the couch. I lean back on the couch... Like a kind of like an old drunk hobo leans on a park bench, <laughs> right? Steven, Steven had to put his hand over his mouth. It was that accurate. It's so true. He's like, I'm seeing. Uh, it's as if my hat is tipped forward. Yeah, and I'm leaning on this love seat like Mrs. Roper That's would right. on a fucking. If Mrs. Roper went and got some scissors and cut her caftan in half, because uh-huh. Georgia doesn't fuck around half with full tan. length anything. No, you're all about the leg. Yeah, that's true. I do show a lot of. Like, oh, because it's you know why hmm. that's summer Georgia in full effect. Full effect. <laughs> summer. So thank you, whoever made that. I I did a kind of rude thing. I posted the picture summer Karen in full effect on my Twitter page, and then after I did it, went oh I probably should have found out who made that. Oh right. I didn't oh. have the name. Man, fucking credit gives me so much stress. I know. Like I won't. <laughs> It's so hard to make sure that everyone gets credit and you don't want them to hate you and stop making shit. That's right. And you don't want to be a the fat Jew about it. Which <laughs> Someone is should explain that. Just, <laughs> which is know. a person who right. steals shit and get, makes a shit ton of money. That's his name. He calls himself the fat Jew. Right. Which is supposed to be funny in and of itself. Yeah. It it's isn't. really just a description. Um. So, Yeah. Shout out. Maybe somebody will put it on the Facebook page of who who did it. Guess what's happening tomorrow? What? The shirts are going out. Oh, my God. This has been... That's that's quite a wait, actually. People have been... For the... I know you've gotten complaints, but all told, Mm -hmm. that's... You know, people have been pretty patient. Oh, for sure. The amount of uh, emails I've gotten are so much less than I thought that would be. And it's, I mean, I'm going to be so relieved when people get their shirts. It's fucking stressful. Yeah, I bet it is. Like, I've been emailing. I mean, yeah. You've been really, you've been, Georgia, uh, let me say this about Georgia. Oh, She looked at me. Hold on. You just, just find, just wait till you find out what I'm about to say. (laughs) And then I just start fucking railing you. (laughs) She is such a She won't stop wearing very small house dresses. Um, no, Georgia got a look in her eye one day during or after the podcast taping. And she was just like, we should have shirts. And then she delivered this baby like the obstetrician of T-shirts that she is. I had nothing to do with any of it. I, I put my initials next to some stuff and checked some things off. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. You have a job that you yeah. go to every day. Uh-huh. You have dogs, which everyone knows is very stressful. <laughs> I have ex- ex- no day job. Mm-hmm. I mean, I work from time to time. You do stuff, though. Yeah. I have extreme anxiety, which causes me to constantly do things. Yeah. Which is great. Mine causes me to constantly not do things. That's interesting. Because oh, you're like, 
I can't do this right. I'm not even, this is going to suck. I won't do it. Exactly. I freeze up. I have perfectionism and then I'm, yeah, I just go fuck it. I've, I spent my life saying fuck it essentially. Wow. Cause I'm, I don't have perfectionism. So I'm like, let's fucking try this <laughs> and see what happens. And then we'll learn from our mistakes and we can quit it if it sucks. That's the way to be. Yeah. Like if you do everything, like if at a, at a, at a B plus, you know, and, and no one else does anything else because they think they're going to, get a B then that rounds up to an A then I get a fucking A hell yeah you know girl. what I mean I, I just, like this I have to rely on other people's perfection anxieties and to just deliver mine yeah that's really smart <laughs> did I tell you my grandma's my grandma saying bigger dummies than you yeah that's right you know it's so good it's so good and bad at the same time my grandma's saying was be quiet now <laughs> is she Romanian <laughs> no, that's Irish. Oh. She, is, she's oh, she was a Southern vampire Island. or something. I'll be quiet now. <laughs> she well, I hear it now. <laughs> she was a gypsy. I only saw her once. Um, I love it. Yeah. Um, yeah, just try it. And if it sucks, you can just walk away from it. Girl, I'm about it. I mean, you were right about this podcast. But, oh, <laughs> like, let's walk away from it. No, no. <laughs> like, just try it. Why don't we try it? Let's just do one and see how it goes. That's my whole motto. Yeah. Let's do one and see how it goes. It's very smart. Yeah, but the t-shirts, I mean, it's been stressful. Yeah. And now everyone's making these awesome crafts, which, by the way, I gave my fucking P.O. box on the Facebook. Is that a mistake? No, it's a P.O. box. I know, but, <sighs> man... What, do you think someone's going to go stand by the P.O. box and wait for you? Yeah. No, that's the the whole point of P.O. boxes is there's someone that works there. And if someone just starts standing by a P.O. box, they're like, hey, right. Hey, weirdo with the kitchen knife. Get the <laughs> fuck out of here. I'm just I don't know why. I'm just going to always go with Vince. So anyone who's thinking about beating me up, I'm going with my big tall husband who will probably do nothing. I love the idea that a P.O. box would make you this nervous. See, this is like, we're now we're opposites again. This is where I'm brave. Where I would just oh. be like, come at me. Give oh. it your best. I'm terrified. I know, but who cares? I mean, you could take a nice swing at somebody. What a stupid way to die, though. Like, what? I feel like if I heard that, like, this girl who has a true crime podcast put her P.O. box up and got killed. What a fucking idiot. Why did she do that? That's what I would think. I wouldn't. <laughs> P.O. box is like the most vague. Like, if it's a city, you don't even know if the person lives in that city. You I just know. got the P.O. box. That's true. And also, this is Los Angeles. There's so many people here. Yeah. So, uh, like, I almost want to say millions. <laughs> that sounds fucking right <laughs> I to me, I dare say that sounds right. Okay. All I right. Mean, there, and also, no offense, but there's better P.O. boxes to stand next to. <laughs> Whoa! That, everything was great up until you just said that. And better now dummies I'm than you. So sad. <laughs> there's so many better dummies in this town. Oh. No. Thank you. Don't be sad. <laughs> Makes me feel better. I meant that in the complimentary way. Is there one? No. <laughs> but I mean, Justin Timberlake lives here somewhere. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> okay. That's what I mean. Go kill, don't kill Justin Timberlake, you guys. I was just going to say, go kill him, but no, I, that's get, not okay. The people who kill are not influenceable by these podcasts. We can't, they're not going to be like with their murder kit under yeah. the, the passenger seat and then be like, you know what, girls? You yeah. show me the way. No one diabolically listens to a podcast. People only uh, like at least medium joyfully listen to podcasts. No one's like, now we're baiting people. <laughs> 
Now think, people are like, I'm going to show her. There's no like Mr. Burns-esque <laughs> podcast listeners sitting at his desk going, you know, with his fingers. and like, No. He doesn't listen. Mm-mm. Marge listens. <laughs> Simpsons. This, all, this podcast always comes back to the Simpsons. Lisa totally is oh. a fan. Lisa's on that Facebook page. NPR for sure. <laughs> oh. Uh, oh, I saw, can I recommend a Netflix series that I watched all of in one day? All, always. All of, always. Oh, all of. <laughs> uh, this is from our new section, Olives. Olives. Olives always. All of you. Um, it's called Marcella or Marcella. They pronounce it because they're British. So they'll do a fancy pronunciation that baffles me mm-hmm. as we've, I've already proven. Um, it's with Anna Friel. It's super good. It's female, um, homicide detective who's all screwed up as the, all the good ones are. They're always screwed up. I watched the whole season, which I think was eight episodes, maybe more in a day. And it was so good. And there's a couple people on the Facebook page who have recommended it. What's it called? Marcella, Marcella. is how it's spelled. Where did you watch she- it, Stephen? Uh, but I want to watch it. I haven't seen it yet. I totally, you should watch I've it. I've never heard of it. It's really good. And it's like, um, I mean, do you like, do you like those kinds of p- procedurals, like a Luther or a... What, what, uh, country of origin? <laughs> England. Okay. Y- yes. And no. Okay. It just depends. Sometimes I, sometimes. What do you just, need? What? What do you need? Oh, in you know what I loved is the one. I'm like, not going to remember the name. The one with the woman. <laughs> oh, yes. That the, one. <laughs> I, I was love, she dead? <laughs> no, she was a police detective and she was incredible. Oh, Happy Valley. Yes. Yes. I loved Happy Valley. And then there was another one. And I was just like, I can't with this. I don't care. I, it's. Uh, I just don't know. It Maybe you need yours more character driven. Like Happy Valley is almost more about her family. Yeah. Her trying to deal with just her shit. Yeah. I guess it was like there about her. I could legitimately see why she was fucked up and sad. Yes. And it wasn't like, just go get a fucking coffee and cheer up. Yes. Or like, you right. don't Sometimes have to talk I, like this. All like yeah. they didn't do those like dramatic bullshit things, like talking in dramatic voices and, and words that no one would ever fucking say. Not that I could understand everything that was said on that show because <laughs> there's some thick accents. But you watched the second season, right? I don't know if I finished it yet. Oh, it's the best. Okay. Anyway, yeah. Sorry. Go on. No, no, no. That's just my recommendation. There was um like one lone person was like, "Did anybody watch this? It's so good." So I found that on the Facebook page. And I was like, "I did. I loved it." There's maybe there were two people actually. Sorry, but I just wanted to to tell more people if if people liked British procedurals like a Luther or a um uh I don't know Dexter was that good <laughs> no I watched I did not like Dexter never saw it it was super cheesy it's a different type of yeah procedural because it's it was very heavy handed it was also narrated which I almost always hate oh interesting was it like CSI. It was actually, but yes, no it was CSIE and, but Michael C. Hall is awesome. He's from Six Feet Under. Oh yeah, of course. He's great. And, and it's like the storylines are interesting because it's serial killer stuff, but there was just a lot of like, I don't know. And it, 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 it didn't do it the way I like it. I went to his house on 4th of July once. Really? <laughs> yeah. That's no, this is a, we'll call this, this area is called celebrity. Center. <laughs> <laughs> it's called Hudo Stock at a PO box besides Georgia. 
Let's talk about it. <laughs> Michael C. Hall is a good person. Michael to C. Stop. Hall, for example. I know where he fucking lives, you guys. Yeah. If you're thinking of killing me at my PO box, let me know and I'll give you Michael C. Hall's address. <laughs> good. Throw him under the bus. <laughs> or give. Why don't you have your mail sent to his mailbox? Okay. I can't wait to see what like what we start getting though. Like as much as I'm scared of dying, I'm also excited for like presents. For living. Yeah. Yeah. Someone I I don't even want to talk about it yet, but someone's made us lipsticks. What? Like our flavor of lips, like a Karen Kilgariff lipstick and a George R. No, I can't. Can you even fucking I'm I couldn't be more excited. I know. I don't even want to talk about it yet because I just want to open the box with you. Should I open before and present to you? present to you however like you did, like to do it or should i should we open the stuff together i have a feeling you have a very specific way you like to do things? A, a male situation oh. well i mean yeah probably things in general um like do you what do you like to have it be a surprise remember last time i was afraid moths were going to come out <laughs> that's like a thing i like a surprise but probably because you i knew you knew everything about it um yeah we could do either way i guess it dep- i don't know we could do anything it might be fun to open it together yeah and neither of us know. What if we open it and then we have to fake our response? Because we're not that stoked on it. Or like, you know, I used to work at BioBottoms, which was a children's natural fiber clothing company in my hometown. Okay. And the returns department. BioBottoms? Depart- it was called BioBottoms. They made a shit ton of money. I bet. But the returns department used to come and tell us <gasps> weird shit that they got. And like what? Like just dog shit. <laughs> like someone sent back a box that just had an old dried piece of no! dog shit in it. Yeah. Okay, I'll open it first and then we can. <laughs> I mean, as much as it would be fun to do that live. No, let's do it live. If we got, we should get mm-hmm. like coroners, like goggles, the full suit, mm-hmm. gloves. Hazmat. Mm-hmm. Go yeah. hazmat with it. Or should we open it all on video and post that somewhere? <laughs> yeah. Make people pay to watch us open mail. <laughs> That's this a good is, idea. Yeah. I mean, why not? Pay mm-hmm. to open free shit. Come on. Um, yeah, we should do it on video. Here I go again with my fucking plans and schemes. Plans and schemes. You're the architect of this high rise building that we're no living in. We sure. do this together. I'm just a conduit fu- fueled by too much coffee and Adderall. <laughs> and the Invisalign. And the Invisalign. I just took out of my mouth because I realized how awful it sounded. I, I actually get great joy from watching you take your Invisalign out of your mouth. <laughs> Because it looks Why? like it's three times bigger than your mouth as you take it out. Uh, like yeah. it's so it's an event. It is. I I feel like and then there's like a like a string of saliva attached to it. It's real sexy. It's fun. Mm-hmm. It's how we are. Mm-hmm. Do you have any other housekeeping? No, I don't know. Do you? Uh, no, I don't think so. Okay. Just I love to thank our murderators, Ugh. Alex and Ari, for oh, handling shit. That that page almost has. 20,000 people on on the face. You find it so... When I told you that we were number two on the comedy podcast, you started laughing in the same... In this like... Can you... What the fuck? It's crazy. It's so crazy. It is crazy. Um, It's... I like that... Very fun. Three of the top five comedy podcasts right now are fucking female hosted. Really? Female hosted. Is it Two Dope Queens? Two Dope Queens. Anna Ferris's podcast. Oh, nice. And us. She is so funny, Anna Ferris. She's adorable. I adore yeah. her. Adore, ad- adorable. You, you think of you new words her? to say. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's very cool. Yeah, I love it. You know, it's 2016. Yeah. Get on that, HuffPo. <laughs> I don't know what that means. Actually, we have... Never mind. Okay. We have an interview to tackle. 
in my email. What? Oh, really? Yeah. We, All right. We could talk about it when we're not That's literally podcasting. And I'm should we should we put that into the celebrity center area? <laughs> talk about it. In my yeah. mind now, we have all segments. It's going to be like a late night talk show. Yeah. So uh, the 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 mail these days. <laughs> Can you Karen? believe it? Oh, did hey, did look- something happen to you recently in a mailbox? This is. <laughs> let's take a look at the clip. <laughs> let's go to the uh, GoPro that Georgia now wears on her head in case someone murders her. She can catch them like mm-hmm. how like motorcyclists do. You're like a motorcyclist. Where you're always ready. That's actually a very good idea for people with extreme murder anxiety. Wear a helmet with a GoPro on it. So if something happens, another idea. Proof therapy and medic and anxiety medications. Yes. I mean, it's going to it's going to end up being it's going to need to be woven in together. Like right. Beautiful French braid. So, you know, it's some, someone recently emailed me and said, uh, I listened to your podcast and you thank you for talking about depression and anxiety. I have it and I've never done anything. Where do I even start to find a therapist? Mm. And I was like, so stoked this person wrote me because to me it's like fucking second nature i've been doing this since i was 12 <laughs> so i'm just like what and so i gave them psychology today has a great uh, a great page you put in your zip code and it tells you the psychologist in your area that's how i found my therapist yeah i found most of my therapists through that and i love my therapist i've been with her for like 12 years yeah really wow yeah and that's it was one day I think I tried one other person because I told my friend who was a therapist, so I couldn't go to her. So she's like, just tell me what right. you want. I'll recommend. And I said, I need to talk to somebody that looks like Olympia Dukakis. Well, that was a mistake. <laughs> you can't do it that way. No. You can't cast it in your mind and well, pretend you're going to go act out scenes. They do have photos yes. on the thing. And I've definitely been like, that's it. She looks like a hippie. Right. I don't want to go to her. I don't want to go into a cloud of pot to talk about my yeah, problems. She doesn't know help. what it's like to just wear all this makeup all the time. I don't want someone who keeps interrupting my good stories with their <laughs> stories of Woodstock <laughs> and the doors. Yeah. Uh, no, that Psychology Today. Yeah. Is this shit, that website. Yeah. So in case you're too scared to ask. Don't be scared. Everyone's in therapy. Yeah. And everyone needs to be in therapy. Also, Psychology Today is the freaking best magazine. Yeah, it's good. You should get it. It's all about understanding yourself. Yeah. Sure. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. That was so condescending. <laughs> uh, <laughs> hey, Karen, you know that feeling when you're stressed out and your heart starts to pound and your mind is racing? I do. I know it well. Well, while there's no cure for stress, therapy can help shape your response to it. And since May is Mental Health Awareness Month, there's no better time to try Talkspace. When you sign up for Talkspace, you'll receive a personalized match with a therapist or psychologist, typically within 48 hours. Forbes rates Talkspace as the number one online therapy platform, plus their licensed professionals are in-network with almost all major insurance companies. Once you meet your therapy goals, or if you want to cancel for any reason, Talkspace will provide you with a prorated refund for unused time. I feel like these days people understand the importance of therapy, but the difficult part is just taking that first step. It took me months to make my first therapy appointment. I was so scared. I had a lot of ideas in my head about it. And that's why I think Talkspace is such a good idea because making it so approachable will just get you there sooner. Then you can actually get in there, figure out what you need, talk to an actual professional and 
be on your way to solving some stuff that you might want to solve. To celebrate Mental Health Awareness Month and the power of talking it out in therapy, Talkspace is offering our listeners $80 off your first month with promo code SPACE80. Go to Talkspace.com slash MFM and use promo code SPACE80. To match with a licensed therapist today, go to Talkspace.com slash MFM and enter promo code SPACE80 and get $80 off your first month and show your support for our show. That's Talkspace.com slash MFM. Enter promo code space 80. Goodbye. Georgia, have you ever been blown away by the most simple dish at a restaurant? Like perfectly scrambled eggs? Oh my God. Yes, Karen. And then all I want to do is make that dish at home and eat it every day. Well, you probably could as long as you have the chef's secret ingredient made in cookware. Made in was created to bring restaurant quality performance kitchenware to home chefs around the world. For years, they've built their business by supplying restaurants and top chefs with high-end cookware. Some of Tom Colicchio's most treasured dishes at his restaurant craft are made in Maiden. Whether you're cooking for professional critics or just the critics you live with, your meals will benefit from the quality of made-in products. Like their carbon steel cookware, it combines the best of both cast iron and stainless steel clad, so it's rugged enough for grills or an open flame. It's the MVP of summer cookouts and cook-ins. What I really love about made-in cookware is that it actually makes something like having a Memorial Day barbecue much more convenient because you can keep everything on the grill if you need to throw, say, a pan of garlic up on the top while you're grilling your steaks on the bottom. It's strong enough, durable enough to do that. If you want to take your cooking to the next level, remember what so many great dishes have in common. They're all made in, made in. Save up to 25% this Memorial Day from May 18th through May 27th when you visit madeincookware.com. That's M-A-D-E-I-N cookware.com. Goodbye. Who's going first this week? I think it's you. Skipper times. Come back to us, skippers. Oh. If it's mine this week, if I go first... Um, I've, uh, oh, I've been, this past week has been quite crazed. Do you want me to go first? No, 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 I can go. But I just want, I just need a little ramp up of, I had plans and schemes about what I was going to do and then realized I needed to do more work, Mm -hmm. uh, like really dig in and do some serious research. Cause that's the thing is sometimes you go to talk about, so I want to do Ted Bundy because I'm. Uh, three quarters of the way through that Anne Rule book, The Stranger Beside Me, which is amazing. There's other people on the Facebook page reading it. Um, so I love that, that we're reading it at the same time. But I, when I do it, it should be comprehensive and not, you know, half-assed. Because he is... Yeah. He's pretty much one of the most famous serial killers of our time. Well, and I like sometimes when you will, like, pick a part of that story or pick, you know, you don't have to tell him from start to finish, but, like you know, the co-ed murders that he did. Yeah. And like if you pick a thing from it or how Richard Ramirez got caught, I think that was an amazing story on its own. I'll say what I'm passionate about, about mm-hmm. Ted Bundy. But no, when I do it, it's going to be a, a three hour presentation. Okay. Um, <laughs> I'll just take a nap. Okay. Uh, just read the book on the podcast. Yes, exactly. In kind of a slow, low voice where people are just like, all right. <laughs> I was trying to get through my work day, this, but whatever you feel like doing is fine. Yeah, this podcast has changed. It's a bummer. No, so I figured I would go back to my roots and I'm going to do uh, my hometown murder, 
which is the most famous murder from my hometown, mm. which is the polyclass murder. Oh, girl. Uh, and the other reason I'm telling this is because not only was it a firsthand experience, I didn't live in my hometown when she was kidnapped, um, but I lived in San Francisco and I would go home for holidays and I was back and forth all the time. Um, but... Polly Klaus's mother is a woman named Eve, and Eve was my boss at the last job I had when I lived in Petaluma, Holy which was shit. at Bottoms? Bottoms, the Natural Fiber Children's Clothing. Oh my company. God! Dun dun dun! It comes yeah. back around. So I actually didn't mean to make that reference, but then I was doing it. I was like, oh, so I'm probably doing this on purpose subconsciously. But um, it was very strange because it's there's a lot of. Uh, a lot of the times we look and we research these stories and it's these places that are like, you know, when we, when we talk about like the police messing up uh, an investigation or things, you know, things getting screwed up or whatever. A lot of times it's because it's towns that have never had a crime to that degree, a murder or kidnapping or something where people don't have the experience. And most of their career as a cop is pulling people over you know, giving people like DUIs and stuff. Totally. And it's before the internet. So you don't really experience, I mean, now we can read about other crimes in other cities ad nauseum. Yeah. And people can, and all uh, police stations are, and cops are more connected because of the internet. So that's like that whole East area rapist, the golden state killer thing where there were, you know, there were police um, departments who are keeping information from each other totally. because they were the ones that wanted the caller. That's it's like all of that in the way that you know that criminal science is kind of developing because of the internet. Yeah. So, um, so my hometown is Petaluma, California, and it is one of those towns where, uh, when I was growing up there, I think it the population was somewhere around thirty two thousand. So it was a small um, farm town, basically. Mm-hmm. So the the main town itself, there was like the downtown area. The east side had like more of like the newer development track towns. Um, kind of everyone on the east side had like a two story house, um, but on my side, on the west side, that was out where all the dairy and chicken ranches were. So that's, I grew up five miles outside of town. And, uh, so we basically were, it was the country. And so when we, like, when I was growing up, we didn't have cable. Holy shit. We only had four channels. We only got four channels on our TV and we couldn't get pizza delivered to our house. Wow. Cause we lived too far out of town. And that was how a lot of kids I knew grew up. Yeah. It was just country, con- that country. That just time. seems like I can't imagine being that far. Like as someone who grew up literally with like shared walls with other apartments. Oh yeah. I just can't even imagine living in that much space. Yeah. It's it's weird. It's like, you know, the, we didn't have sidewalks. We didn't what? have we didn't have um street lights. Holy shit. So at night, I think now they do on the yeah. street that I grew up on, but like at the time, like there was when you drove at night out where I grew up, it was pitch black. I don't even know what that looked like. I have never seen the stars like that unless I'm camping or something. It's so fun. When I go to my dad's house for like holidays, I get out of the car and I stand in his driveway and they'll be like, come on, crazy. Like, it's like, cause it's stars from like horizon to horizon. Yeah, people it's who crazy. aren't in LA or New York or a big city don't, you, there's no stars because there's so much light pollution that you just can't see. We see, can never see stars here. Never. And the, and people that live in like, oh my God, if you live in like Kansas yeah. or like, oh, somewhere that's like kind of low population and, and no light pollution. Totally. 
Dang. Dang, dude. We used to lay out at nights in the summertime. Our next door neighbor, the Withingtons, had a pool. And we would sometimes have like a, a slumber party where we'd all lay in sleeping bags next to their pool. And we would lay on their chaise lounges and look up and there would just be shooting stars Ugh. all night long. We just, that's all we did was go, there's one, there's one, there's one. It was awesome. That's amazing. So anyway, that's basically the feel of this town. Yeah. This was the kind of town where, and I think I've told the story before in the show, but like in my town, um, that one time a guy on the street tried to purse snatch a lady's purse and everyone on the sidewalk chased him up the street. Yes. It's that everyone knows each other everyone's from there people like stay there grow up there stay there raise their kids there there's generations and generations of like ranching people of mm-hmm. of all kinds of people so it's cool it's i feel now i feel lucky when i was growing up yeah. there, i was like get me out of, of course here. i want to go to manhattan right um so when this happened it happened. It was a little house that was on the, uh, a little Walnut Park that was, I think it's Walnut Park. Um, a little park that's in the kind of city center. And it's really cute. My friend Heidi Peterson's mom actually had a house. So it's basically a park in the center and then the, you know, four streets cute. squaring around so it. So it wasn't little rural. Houses. It wasn't in the middle of nowhere. No, they lived downtown Petaluma. Wow. So they lived walking distance. Like the main part of downtown is like Petaluma Boulevard and Western. And that's where like the really old buildings, the old two and three story buildings are. Mm-hmm. Um, they lived probably 10 blocks from that part of town. Wow. So, um, but still, uh, and this was, uh, this happened in 1993. Um, but even then, this was the kind of town where people did not lock their front door. Yeah. You just didn't. You, there was no uh, reason didn't. to. No, I, it seems like such a, like, what everyone says, like, you didn't lock your door, but like, oh, wait, I don't think you did. That's right. how, like, it was, I think that's also that that's that thing of like people as as we get older and yeah. as this kind of like 2020 generation grows up. Yes. It's that thing of like now we just know what happens to other people. Right. Our parents didn't do it because they came from a time when you didn't have to. We do it as adults because we because we know the possibility. Up. Right. We didn't understand the possibility yeah. as much, I think. Yeah. But also in these small towns that it just didn't happen there. So yeah. it wasn't like you're like, well, we should be careful anyway. It'd be like, don't be weird. Yeah. Like, there's no reason. So on October 1st, 1993, Polly was having a slumber party with two of her friends. And uh, Eve was in the front of the house. Her mom was in the front of the house. And um, somebody came in their back door, uh, walked into her bedroom, and the... The rumor is that he said, which one of you lives here? Mm. Now, I know a bunch of small town rumors about Mm. this case, Mm -hmm. and they could completely be bullshit. But I'm basically just telling you this. Oh, I want to hear those. Wait, so how old was she? She at the time was 12. Okay. And so were they sleeping already? They were all awake. 
they were awake and like Hang doing out. slumber party stuff and the mom was awake and everything yes holy shit yeah so he tied the friends up first and put sleep um pillowcases over their head mm-hmm. and they then he took her out of the house and that he told them to count to a thousand or he'd kill them uh, so they once they heard him go they got free and then ran to the front of the house and said someone took Polly. good for them so uh the other thing is dave anthony the co-host of the dollop right uh my first comedy boyfriend <laughs> when we lived in san francisco he still worked at the bank in his hometown which is nevado the town neck like the town next to my town oh, shit. going south to san francisco um and his boss at that bank his daughter was one of those two girls <gasps> so when this shit kicked off it was like everyone you knew was affected in some yeah. way everyone you knew knew a person everyone you knew like my sister's best friend adrian who is basically like my sister too um she she pulled out a, a photo album one time because she also worked at bio bottoms that job was actually really awesome it was like paid you way more than minimum wage right it was a re- and we basically just sat there from like six in the morning until two in the afternoon and took calls and took orders and so you could actually make kind of a good living yeah and and then have the rest of your day done so she was like a young mother she worked there with me she pulled out a photo album one time of uh, there was somebody had a baby shower and everybody was there and Eve brought Polly to that baby shower so this girl was like it's that thing where it's not just oh a girl from our town we all feel so everybody knew this family holy shit that's like that's so crazy that when there's this like and I've noticed this with hometown murders that are all like my brother's best friend from college or it's always someone, you know, it's not just the hometown murder, the thing that happened in their hometown. It's like a thing that could have been them or they knew the people or they affect, you know, affected them somehow. Totally. So interesting. Well, and that I think that's also that thing that ties us into it is because like I remember the first time I went home, my sister called me to tell me that it happened. And the first time I went home, I I drove so to get off the freeway I have to drive up Petaluma Boulevard mm-hmm. and then my parents now live it my dad lives in town okay. my, they finally of course when we graduated from high school <laughs> right. and moved out that's when my parents moved into town Fuck. and got cable <laughs> and ordered pizza <laughs> they constantly. didn't have cable until you left for college no oh my god no I my I, my friends would talk about the Brady Bunch that was like on channel 44 which was like oh that's the San Francisco station that oh. like other people have yeah we just had shit Gilligan's Island. Anyway, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not I'm, shaming you. It's just like <laughs> it's such an interesting fact of your life. Yeah, it's so weird. And also because my dad's a fireman, which is this classic move of firemen, which was we have cable in the firehouse. We don't need that shit. So he saw all the terrible stuff oh. that cable provided, and he was like, "I'm keeping that away from my kids." And yet, it didn't make a fucking difference. Look at you now. Look at the things I'm talking about, and how much I say the f word. It has no. It had no bearing on your life at all. I think it, it pushed me the other direction. Probably. That's why I'm a Satanist. Just kidding, Dad. <laughs> He's not listening to this. So anyway, what the first time I came home after my sister told me about it, I'm pretty sure it was for Thanksgiving. Um. Was it, or maybe it was somewhere in the middle of November. The entire town, because her Polly's favorite color was purple. The entire town and every fucking car had a purple bow on it. 
like the mm. le, le, a purple ribbon, mm-hmm. like the yellow ribbon for soldiers. Yeah. There was purple ribbons f- for waiting for Polly to get found. How long had she been gone by that point? Um, well, that she got kidnapped on October first. Wow! And so this was probably three weeks. It was everywhere, and it was like it gave me the chills. By the time I got to my parents' house, I was crying. Oh no! It was so heavy. Then my sister, who loves to be this person, started telling me all the stuff that she heard, and apparently, so that happened the night of October first. The next day, they had to tell all the kids at Petaluma Junior High because she was in, um, I believe, seventh grade. Yeah, and the she was in, is the beginning of seventh grade. Like if yeah. it was October, she'd probably only been in school for a couple months yeah they made the announcement that she was missing and they had flyers that said have you seen me and they said after school we want you all to hand these out everywhere you can the kids got took the flyers and all got up and left school (gasps) right that moment and went out into the town are you crying yep started (laughs) that my sister told me that story and i sobbed for like 10 minutes straight because it's like these kids this was a girl that was their friend this was the girl they had a crush on this was like a real person a human being that someone just fucking took out of her room i mean it's so brazen that it's it's a nightmare it's it's even scarier that it's just like not other circumstances like she was alone or you know her parents weren't home or something it's exactly. just like you yeah, can't well, how do you protect it. yourself you can't blame anything yeah exactly right. and and also that yeah it's just it's every parent's nightmare it's yeah. every kid's nightmare yeah so the young the young children of that class in Petaluma High Petaluma Junior High I've always had just this like the biggest warm spot yeah. in my heart for them because also it was just like we don't give a fuck like put us on detention what are you gonna do yeah. we're gonna go do everything we can to help find her yeah and how can you sit through the rest of the school day I mean I get it no. I mean I'm sure you know but it's just it was kind of just a beautiful incredibly yeah. sad thing yeah. and the whole town took it that way I mean everybody you know they they uh so Winona Ryder is from my hometown okay and she <laughs> and thinks she also grew up like out in the country like I did. Mm-hmm. Um, and she went to Petaluma Junior High and Petaluma High School. And she uh, came back and she made the announcement when they were still looking for her. So they ended up finding her. Or no, they they ended up like making an arrest uh, near the end of November, the beginning of December. So somewhere in there, like at the end of November, Winona Ryder went on TV and made an announcement in national news saying wow. this girl's missing. If you've seen her, you, we love her. She's part of the community. Aww. This is my town. Like all the shit where, you know, I'm sitting in an apartment in San Francisco watching it being like, this is so weird. This is my, this is where I grew up. This yeah. is my whole life. And like, and it's everyone going like, yeah, this is, this is our girl. Like we have to find her. What Someone has to do something. So, the horrible part of all of it is these the the policemen the Petaluma police actually immediately called in the FBI they did all that stuff that uh we talked we talked about like an there's other or Novato that other murder mm-hmm. that young girl where they just immediately call the FBI like they know they're in over their head <clears throat> um they do the whole missing persons thing but the problem was the night that it happened when the APB went out, it went out on the sheriff's channel, which was channel um, one. Uh, 
And that night, there was some Sonoma Valley police officers that found... So a woman was... um a baby sitting at her boss's house and she saw a car that was on her boss's private road. Mm-hmm. And so she called the police and said, I don't know who this guy is, but there's a car sitting down there. It's stuck in a ditch and someone needs to come. So it was the, from, from what I saw on Wikipedia, it said Sonoma Valley police. I'm not sure if that's accurate or what area they were in, Yeah, but it was, it was somewhere kind of in the rural part. Um, cause so it all goes kind of starts going by county. So it might have been Sonoma County Sheriff, Sonoma County Police, whatever. Mm-hmm. But they call the police to go out there and the police who went were on channel three. Oh. This was before they had oh. united all of the APB channels. Oh God. So if the APB went out for the sheriff's department, it only went out to the other sheriffs on channel one, I guess. Fuck. Now they have it. Because of this kidnapping and this murder, they changed all of that. So the second an APB goes out and 911, whatever thing like that, everybody hears it on all of those channels. But it wasn't like that then. So these two cops go up and they check this guy out. They don't know. They don't like how he looks. They don't like where he is. They don't. They're asking him a bunch of questions. He's got an open container. He's clearly been drinking. He's got leaves in his hair. He's got shit on him. And, but they search the car. There's nothing going on. There's nothing in the car. So there's nothing they can do. They told, they really didn't like, they just the feel of it, knowing nothing about what was going mm-hmm. on. They didn't like him, but they told the, um, and this is going to sound blamey, but it's, it's one of those things where it's like you, it's better to overdo it than not do anything at all. Definitely. Because they told the, uh, property owner, um, you need to make a citizen's arrest so we can arrest this guy because we can't, there's nothing that's going on that we can do anything about because this is a private road. It's your property. Mm -hmm. So you need to come out and say, I want, uh, you're under citizen's arrest and then we can take him away. Mm -hmm. And the property owner was like, I don't want to do that. Yeah. So they just understandable because then he knows where she lives. That's exactly right. The minute she, you know, he gets let out. Yeah. So, so they have to let him go. Yeah. But what they did was they did, they basically did every little piece. This is like now the opposite of most of the stories we hear. These cops did every little piece of paperwork they possibly could about this guy. They took his name. They took all the information about his car, where they were, the report and everything. And they so, filed the thing. It's called like an F1 file or mm-hmm. something like that. And it was the one thing that they could basically do was, was fill out this, um, uh, what is it called? It's called an. It doesn't really matter. It's like an F one card or something like that. Okay. That basically says this was an event that happened that the police got called to that we don't like, but there's nothing we can do. But it happened, and we okay, want wait. people to know. So they did that immediately, and then when did they find out that that's who that was? Sorry, it was an FI card, okay. a field interrogation card. Okay. So they have all his information, they have the car information, and what happened. Sorry, what was the question? That's, that makes sense. So when did they realize who it was? Or were you getting that? I thought that's what you meant. Oh, okay. So no. Th- so once they left, they don't know. On November 28th, so then it was basically two, two months later. Yeah. That same property owner is inspecting her property after loggers uh, partially cleared the property of trees, and she discovers items that make her think that they might have matched those used in the kidnapping. Oh, no. So 
the sheriff's department goes out there and um, they find a torn pair of ballet leggings that match uh, by the FBI crime lab um, t- to the other part of the leggings that were taken as evidence the night of the kidnapping. Mm. So they basically... If you're like me, you're always looking for a story to dive into. Whether it's a family drama or a mystery to solve, the key to getting hooked is the details. I need rich visuals and intricate storylines, and June's Journey has that and more. June's Journey is a mobile mystery game that follows June Parker, a daring young woman, on a quest to uncover the truth about her sister's murder. This is your chance to test your detective skills because you'll play the game as June herself. Explore beautifully designed scenes from the 1920s, like lavish estates and gardens, and don't forget to keep an eye out for hidden clues. There are twists, turns, and catchy tunes, all leading you deeper into the thrilling storyline. And if you play well enough, you could make it to the detective club. There, you'll chat with other players and compete with or against them. June needs your help, but watch out, you never know which character might be a villain. Shocking family secrets will be revealed, but will you crack the case? Find out as you escape this world and dive into June's world of mystery, murder, and romance. It's all just one tap away. Discover your inner detective when you download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. That's June's Journey. Download the game for free on iOS and Android. Goodbye. There's something about the sound of an old-timey cash register that really takes me back. I know. It sounds like someone is about to hand me an ice cream cone, but it also sounds like we just sold some merch. That's right. And if you're a Shopify user like us, you know that this sound means you just made a sale. Shopify has helped millions of businesses sell their products online, but did you know they also offer the same support for brick and mortar stores? From accepting payments to managing inventory, they have everything you need to sell in person. So give your point of sale system a serious upgrade with Shopify. Shopify POS tracks sales across all your locations. That way you'll always know what you have in stock and where. They also provide reliable tech that fits your unique retail needs, like turning a tablet into a credit card reader. And if you're looking to reach new customers, check out Shopify's marketing tools. They're easy to use and they integrate with all social media platforms. With Shopify, we have a powerful partner for managing our sales. And if you're a business owner, you can too. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period today at shopify.com murder. And here's the important note, that promo code is all lowercase. So go to shopify.com slash murder and take your retail business to the next level. That's shopify.com slash murder. Again, don't forget the code is all lowercase. Goodbye. The, the theory is that he had already taken her out of the car and hidden her out in these bushes. Mm-hmm. Um, well, well, and then went back to the car. Then the cops pull up and he's just like, yeah, you can look at any shit that I want because she's tied up in the bushes over there. They, they don't know whether or not he when they arrested this guy. So this guy's named Richard Allen Davis. Okay. He has he is on par with Charles Manson in how many times he has been arrested, been in jail, like the worst record miles long. Um, he wouldn't tell them anything. He wouldn't tell them the the events. Once he confessed that he's the one that that killed her, um, he didn't. He wouldn't give them details of anything. So they would try to walk him through it, and he just wouldn't say what happened or what he did or anything. He just admitted like they had all the enough evidence to bring him to trial. Yeah, and he basically was like, "Yeah, I did it." Jesus, but he didn't. 
he didn't tell them he didn't they don't know if she was murdered that night they don't know if he kept her for longer but she wasn't found her body wasn't found there her body was found off of the 101 freeway um pretty far north up in cloverfield Uh uh which is like it's so weird too like when i you hear all these things like these are the towns where we played we played against them in softball in high school it's like the town you would go to we would go there on our way to blue lake on our way to vacation right like every summer no i'm picturing places in orange county and i can i can make sense of that yeah so it's just like you're just thinking as you drive up it's all so rural up there anyway but Mm -hmm. as you drive up you just look out and somewhere off the side of the highway there is a little girl's body buried I hate it it's really awful Um, essentially they the three strike law was put into place after this case happened um, because this guy had such an insane record where it was like you can't just get arrested for a ton of terrible shit like 50 times in your life yeah and not have and just keep getting out yeah. and keep doing stuff like this like he he was um he was pretty awful so he admitted to strangling her to death um but that's all the information that he would give um, I wonder why he wouldn't, because he was toying with them. You would think that if he had gotten them, sorry, am I interrupting you? No, not at all. You would think that if he had not killed her before the cops came, he would have wanted them to know that so he can like taunt them almost. He was super weird. So when they, when they put him on trial, he did a bunch of weird shit. He flipped off like the jury, like he was Mancini in that yeah. way where he, it was stuff like dur- before they arrested him in my town, there was the rumor was that the father did it. Oh, fuck. And it was because they were like, he's got, you know, he owes money to the, he owes money for gambling. He's this, he's that. And the father was on TV constantly. If you remember anything from mm-hmm. this case, you remember Mark Kloss being on TV and talking about her. So I think a lot of people in my town, their reaction to that was like, it seems like you're enjoying this publicity a little too much looking back that poor guy yes what an awful thing to say yeah well that's small town gossip you know what i mean where everyone's looking for the answer and so it's easy to get a target on your back sure um and also it just it's it's one thing to be on the news crying and being like i need my daughter back but i don't know there i it was easy to kind of put that on him because i think it would he he was a zealot, but I mean, you know, that's, it's that thing of like, we don't know how people grieve. Right. And, and he could be the kind of person that's like, I just need to do something with myself. Sure. Look at, um, uh, Nicole Simpson and, uh, Ron, Gold- Ron Goldman's dad. Yeah. You know, kind of went out of his mind. Yeah. To- yeah. I mean, who's to say how, how you would act totally. or how it would be. Here's the good news, uh, if any, about any of that. There's a, there's now, they took the, um, there was this little church that in this weird part of the road where I go to go to my dad's house and they took that and that's now called the Polyclass Center for the Performing Arts because she was big into theater and she wanted to be an actress and that was why it meant so much that Winona Ryder came back and talked about her. Yeah. It was all very sweet. So they've kind of dedicated that to like kids, you know, making sure kids like I guess have a place to perform and Mm -hmm. I don't know it's for that part it's very sweet and positive um 
and the thing about they basically all the things that got fucked up in the beginning of with through communication they actually did stuff about sure yeah that's so, great like the APB thing and yeah. the three strikes law they're like a lot of good things came out of that it's amazing but also um Richard Allen Davis actually had to get put into solitary because he was getting beaten up so much so Ugh. God bless like that jailhouse justice like yeah. they, they couldn't they couldn't wait to beat this man up for That's killing crazy. this girl. I mean, I want to say good, but at the same time, it's you can't you can't say that. There's no yeah. There's no conscience. There's no good. Conscience. But uh, they actually and he's on death row. He got the death sentence. So he's still alive now. He's still alive because California doesn't ever really right. execute anybody. So it's just it's people sitting on death row. But his lawyers actually tried to say um, they try they they have tried to um, get uh, where, is that, where is this part? They basically tried to say that, that it's torturing him by making him wait to find out when he's going to be executed. Oh, they please. tried to make that argument that it's like that's it's um, yeah, what do, you, um, what do you call that? It's called um, inhumane what's it called? Yeah, I don't know. Something uh, like it's yeah. something along those lines or it's just like when you when I read the paragraph I was just like you got to be fucking cute. Who would actually have the balls to say that out loud? God, sometimes sometimes I get really mad at lawyers. I don't I don't want to start the whole like shit talking that we do about cops sometimes because I know it's complicated and you promise to do these things and you're and uphold the law but sometimes I'm just like I just don't know how they live with themselves sometimes when they're defending someone who's a monster exactly and and doing the best that they can to 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 get them off I guess it's not I guess you just want to get them a fair trial yeah it must be hard. I would never want to be a lawyer. No. Ever. No. Oh, cruel and un unusual punishment. There it is. Yeah. That's the one we were looking for. Wow. Uh, yeah. That's sad. So that's mine. I, I actually had a lot of guilt for not doing this story earlier. Yeah. Cause it's, it was, it's my real hometown murder. Um, cause I knew, uh, like, I was, it was really a part of my life. But then also it feels bad to yeah. talk about, like, I actually hesitated in saying her mom's name because I don't want it to seem like I'm trying to, anything well Karen you, know you started crying and I don't think you've ever done that in any of them before <laughs> I don't so think I, I feel either. like it, it's important and I don't think you should feel bad at all okay also there was this is there's another little girl that got killed in my town that no one talks about <gasps> because she was black her name's George, uh, Georgia Moses and that story is really sad and awful I'll do it a different time but that actually gets brought up a lot in tandem with polyclass because it's like Polly Class was a beautiful little girl right. who was like the you know blonde. She was no, she wasn't blonde, but she Let's was. Say she was blonde. She, <laughs> but it's that thing of like you know the press loves yeah. like a beautiful little martyr like that. Yeah, and then when it's a story of a girl who grew up on the wrong side of the tracks and had all the worst in her life and then was just murdered, like just thrown away. Mm. No one talks about it. Yeah. And except for Tom Waits, who lives in my town, Stop. who lives way out in the country, wrote a song Tom for, Waits. for Georgia Moses. Yeah, Aww, I bet you can find his PO box pretty easily. <laughs> Is that terrible? <laughs> Not at all. Thank you. Oh, Georgia Moses. I'm sorry. Yeah, but I'm all. Yeah, that's fucking that's bummer. All I know. Around. I know. How do you feel now? You know what? I'm gl I'm glad. I'm glad I said it. Do you feel cleansed a little? No. Okay. 
No. <laughs> I just think it's like, you know what? It's all around us. That's kind of the thing that, yeah. that I feel like keeps coming up on this podcast. It's like, this isn't special. No, I know. It happens. The people that it happens to are, and it's a, a full on tragedy in ways that you can't even take in, but it, it happens constantly. Yeah. It's like a, it's a very normal part of life, which I think once you, well, the reason we're doing that is because like we're, we see that and we're freaked out by it and fascinated by it. And like we could have a million episodes and not get to half the, the like everyday murders that just happen all the time yeah. that you haven't heard about or you haven't didn't know the details for real. It's just, yeah. Yeah. People get fucking murdered. What's your murder? So my murder, okay, like a month and a half or two months ago, we got an email inviting us to the screening of a new documentary called The Witness. And it's a documentary about Kitty uh, Genovese. Mm -hmm. That's how you say it, right? Kitty Genovese. Um, And we couldn't go. And so the guy sent us. Um, a screener to watch. You did? Yeah. Ooh. You didn't see that? There's like a password and shit. Oh, I know. I'm, <laughs> I, I'm a email skimmer. Oh, I'm okay. Constantly in trouble <laughs> for it. That's hilarious. I like read into every single word on the email. I'm like, what really? did he mean by that? <laughs> I just saw that invitation and I was like, they inv- it was a big long thing about being invited, but there were no details where I was like, what time? Like where? Yeah. What? And then I just kind of gave up after that. Yeah. I, I mean, and I was kind of like, okay, whatever about it. Um, and this was like a while ago. And finally, I started watching it last night. And it's really fucking good. Oh, awesome. Yeah. The the narrator, the guy who's kind of the... the in the in the shit of it, he's like the dude who, who you follow is Kitty Genovese's little brother. Wow. Yeah. In real life. Yes. Wow. So he... Okay, so let me tell you about the murder a little bit. Okay. Um, say, so Catherine Kitty Genovese was stabbed to death outside her apartment building in Kew Gardens, Queens. Like, I feel like everyone knows the story. And that's why I was a little like, okay, like I've heard the story a million fucking times. She's the girl that basically everyone is like, she was being stabbed. There were 38 witnesses from an apartment building across the street and no one did anything. And it kind of started the whole like the bystander effect, bystander effect where no, but you know, the more people watching something, the less likely anyone's going to intervene. And it had, it had all these like these effects on New York and what's happening to the city and people are horrible. And you know, this kind of, this kind of awful thing of, of nobody helping. Yeah. It's in like every psych 101 Totally. Class. Yeah. So, yeah. That. And so I don't want to spoil the movie because I think everyone should go see it, but I'm going to talk about the, the murder so that people remember what it is and also some of the interesting points from this movie without spoiling it because I don't think I could do that. It's really fucking good. Okay. So on March 13th, she finishes her shift at a sports bar. She's a, a bartender and she gets home and parks her car at three in the morning mm-hmm. at like a side parking lot, which sucks. And I feel like she immediately saw her killer. Winston Mosley was like hanging out, clearly looking for a victim. Um, so she gets home at like 3.15. She parks. Um, it's about 100 feet from her apartment door. Ugh. Yeah. 
So she's walking towards her building. He starts to approach her. She immediately starts running and like knowing something's going on. He overtakes her and stabs her twice right there on the sidewalk, right across the street from this huge apartment building. Um, and so the story is that people came out and looked and no one fucking did anything. But in reality, it's so much murkier than that. What it sounds like is that most people thought it was a lover's quarrel. They look out the window, but she's, but she yells, Oh my God, he stabbed me. Help me. But most people didn't hear her cry out in the beginning. Most people thought it was a bar brawl or a lover's quarrel. Um, and by the time a lot of people looked out, he was running away. And, and so she walks around the corner stumbling to her apartment. And so people see her go around the corner and that's all they saw. And in reality, people did call oh. the police. But back then, you just called. You didn't call. There was no 911. And right. this is part of the reason there is a 911 now is because they needed, they need, you know, you can't just call the police precinct and get people there. Okay. Um, the earliest calls to the police are unclear and weren't given a high priority by them. And it looks like some of them might not have even been logged. Um, one witness said his father called the police after the initial attack and reported that a woman was beat up but got up and was staggering around. So no one knew she was actually being stabbed. So so he fucking runs away when someone yells out the window, uh, let that girl alone. This like, you hear him in the documentary and he's like this salty old man. He's amazing. Uh, Let that girl alone. He runs away. She staggers off. He... Mosley leaves, comes back when he realizes that no cops are coming and finds her again, which is the most fucking terrifying part of this whole story. So you can't, if someone had come out to see how she was and there was a doorman in the apartment building right across the street, if someone had come out, you know, maybe they could have helped her brought her into the house instead she goes into the doorway of her apartment building which has one it's got one outside door and then a locked inside door and she's dying and so she can't get her keys or unlock that door he fucking comes back and finds her in the stairwell just like a fucking deer that had been you know and he what and stabs her more stabs her more they don't mention i haven't finished the documentary yet and they don't mention this and maybe it's just because he can't fucking handle it which is fair but i read that he raped her after he stabbed her. after he's well she was dying he raped her i don't know if they're going to mention it in the documentary i i'm sure they will because it's a huge part of it but i heard that in the in the documentary it says that he attempted to so i wonder and the brother, it's so interesting because he's like, I've never been able to deal with, I, I haven't known the details of this until recently because I just couldn't handle it. And it seems like it was a really tight knit family. Yeah, that's so understandable. I don't know how people no. deal with that when they find out the details of horrible things yeah. that happen to their, their, like those next of kin. I mean, it's awful. I mean, they didn't, I guess the family didn't even go to the trial because they just couldn't even handle it. I bet. You know? Which yeah. is like, do you, I, uh, what's great about this documentary is it feels like this guy is kind of like, the more I know, the closer I'll be to her and I need to find out what happened and know the truth because this is the truth of the, of that crime now is what everyone wrote about it and what people talk about it in sociology classes and shit, which is turning out not to be true. 
So, you know, the New York Times article said that it was 38 people who witnessed it and didn't know. Um, but so, but the upstairs neighbor looked out into the stairwell, sees her being stabbed, closes the door and calls his girlfriend who said, don't get involved. <gasps> but then later calls the police. So like, dude, you should feel like shit. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's like, but also it's New York City. I know. Like, it's that thing where, yeah, you don't, what are you going to go out there and who knows what's actually happening? Totally. Is it just a lover's quarrel? Do you really want to get involved? It's like, yeah. Not that I wouldn't get involved in the, in the not that the woman deserves it because it's a lover's quarrel, but. Um, but it makes sense in that city setting. Yeah. Where, like, anything can happen and you just don't know. Yeah. Right. You put your life at risk for a stranger who could turn around and be like, get the fuck totally. out of here. You don't know. Well, here's a really interesting one of the parts of the documentary that I loved is he's interviewing a, the kid and the family never knew that their next door neighbor who was um, Kitty's best, like one of her good friends, her, when she, the soon as she found out what happened, put on her house coat, ran out and held Kitty until she, until the ambulance came. Oh. And the, the brother in the documentary was like, I wish my, why didn't my family know that? It would have meant so much to us to know that her friend was there while she died. Um, and so the son is being interviewed, her, the friend's son, and is like, here's the thing about this neighborhood. A lot of people were Holocaust survivors. And a lot of people in that building were Holocaust survivors. And you don't, you don't intervene. You don't stick your nose. You don't, you know, get involved in what ha- might happen within in cops and in police interrogations. You just fucking leave it alone, mm-hmm. which is such a sad thing that you would never think about. Right. You know, well, those are people that are like, I've had plenty of trouble. I, I'm not doing it anymore. Right. You mind your fucking business. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's, it's gross, but it's hard to, it's hard to argue. So Mosley gets, um, gets caught a couple days later when he's burglarizing a house he had no prior criminal record and he was married with three children and he got up the night of out of bed where his wife was sleeping to go find a woman to kill. What? Yeah. But he had actually killed two other women oh. and he had never been caught. Um, and he did a bunch of burglaries as well. Oh, so he is like a burgeoning serial killer. Totally. Absolutely. Um, let's see. He confessed, confessed to 30 to 40 burglaries it's a psychiatric examination suggested he was a necrophile. Mm-hmm. Fuck. And then, um, he said something. He said, um, that he, his motive was simply he wanted to kill a woman. That was his motive. Hmm. Yeah. It's pretty sick. Um, so I have to say, I've seen the picture of that guy. Mm-hmm. He has very plucked eyebrows. He looks a lot like Prince. And Richard Little had a baby. Richard Little? I'm not Richard Little. Little, Little Richard. Richard. <laughs> Where am I? Oh no! Uh, no, he. De- that's exactly right. He he looks like a drag queen at the end of her shit. Totally. Like washed it all off. Is ready to just you know high cheekbones. High cheekbones. Very plucked eyebrows mm-hmm. or something. Mm-hmm. Like a cat like face. Yes. Oh God. Weird. I'm picturing seeing that face standing above me, stabbing me. Because what is the deal? What is the deal? So, all right, he confesses. Um, let's see, he's a fucking necro. <laughs> so, in the seventies, he okay. So, while in prison in the seventies, he gets a bachelor of arts in soci- sociology. 
which okay, is good. insane. Oh, good. <laughs> like, there's, you're not using that for, for good, dude. You're using that to understand your, yes, how you can take advantage of people. That better. is Ted Bundy action. Right? That's Ted Bundy was a psychology major. Son of a bitch. Yep. And they know. Oh, that's so oh, man. And then during his, uh, he was eligible for parole in 84, which is like, what the fuck? <laughs> and at his first parole hearing, he told the parole board, the parole board that the notoriety he faced due to his crimes made him a victim stating yes he's the victim yeah for for a victim outside it's a one time or one hour or one minute affair but for the person who's caught it's forever yeah much sadder yeah much sadder oh you get a minute of murder and i have to live the rest of my life in jail well you know what how about you put your super sociological mind to that and say, then maybe don't stab people yeah. and you won't be so deeply victimized right. by your fucking your, shitty behavior. Yeah, you're correct. And that's why you don't fucking not. That's not the only reason, but that's one of the reasons you don't murder. Well, that's this is the Brock Turner thing of like this. This drunken girl is ruining my whole future. Right. And it's like no rapist. Yeah. You ruined your future. Yeah. You did it, dummy. Like they, it's they, it's that, it's very psychopathic. It's like you skip over the thing yeah. you did that made things happen. Have you known people like that where you're like, how do you not see your role in this thing? Oh, yeah. I asked that because I'm I've sure stopped, you. <laughs> I have stopped participating with people like that for that very reason. The, if you cannot admit your own fault mm-hmm. in your life that that the behavior that you bring to the table is the thing that affects and you know creates the situation around you if it's always other people yeah then you have a major problem it's so so weird to see those people and like i mean it almost feels like the art an argument or the blame thing is like a game to win yes and so exactly. as soon as they can get you to not blame them and to take it all on you, which I've fucking done many times with people, sure. they win. You have to read the book, um, The Sociopath Next Door. Yeah. Because I think in the, I think the numbers are, it's one in four. Jesus. Of people are sociopaths and those people have no conscience. Everything is a power game to them. All they want to do is beat you and they will beat you in terms of money, in terms of sex, in terms of status. That's all they care about. Yeah. And they don't have empathy so you're constantly left going I would never do this but it's like yeah that's right because this isn't this person is nothing like you are you scared you're gonna like if you read that you'll just like look for that in everyone I mean I guess everyone you should look for it in everyone you should because then you know when you're being mind fucked you'll go oh my god that's oh now I realize why I'm so like you need to know that information. Yeah. Okay. You need to be able to spot a sociopath. I think that should be taught in high schools. I'm Can not I kidding. put it in a comic book so Vince doesn't see me reading that and think I'm like <laughs> studying up on him? Vince is not a sociopath. <laughs> I know he's not. <laughs> oh, a... you just don't want him to see you. Yeah. Paying attention to it. Yeah. Or like being like, why are you reading that? Say, I'm doing it for you, baby. Yeah. This is for this is for the marriage. Should I say I'm a sociopath? <laughs> I think our cats are sociopaths. <laughs> it, one in four. I mean, if we had one more person in this room, it would be one of us. <laughs> I'm thinking Steven. it's it's so easy to like put some of that on people I know. Oh. Well, also because sometimes people just piss you off. So it's like calling someone a sociopath <laughs> is very satisfying. Yeah. It's like, well, this makes sense. It is. But I do know people who after being friends with them for a while 
and then being like, I cannot be friends with you anymore. You are like, you're basically a vampire. Yeah. Then when you, when you pull away and then you read this book, you go, holy oh, shit. Yeah. I mean, there's like a step by step thing where it's like, is this a person who would never cop to anything? Is this a person who only ever wanted to take more for themselves? Yeah. It's like, it's a very clear kind of defining thing. Fuck, dude. Read it. I think I over. I over accept responsibility for things because I don't, I'm trying so hard not to, not to let myself get away with shit. Yes. Well, part of it, I do the exact same thing. And for me, part of it is an ego problem because I think the world revolves around me a hundred percent. So I like the idea of people of like, Oh my God, this person's doing this and that. Like it, it adds to my egomania of like I'm everybody's thinking of me all the time mm, there is a certain something about like even being like I feel so bad about this thing that happened where it's like nobody why are you making it about you right not you specifically but like well, it's better to let it go like the yeah. healthier thing is to be like maybe I had 50% of that maybe I had 0% of that yeah like but look at it learn from it move on and let it go but to right. sit around and be like oh I was so bad that time it's like yeah yeah you're just think thinking of yourself and totally. not thinking of other people yeah I'm Nobody, a sociopath are you I'm admitting it right now <laughs> no one you're in three, not one in you? three one in three <laughs> including Elvis it's me but what if it's me no uh, it's not me well do you have a conscience yeah then you're fine i mean what's a can you def, what's a conscience no i totally do <laughs> guilt <laughs> i mean yeah we got that covered yeah steven guilty do you feel it i feel guilty all the time yeah so. okay, good. we're all we good we just need the next person who walks to the store which will probably be Vince. it's <laughs> <laughs> the sociopath let's play a game your neighbor knocks on the door excuse me my mom just drops in and i'm like yeah no shit i <laughs> Hi, welcome. Hi, my therapist was right about you. Could you answer some questions for me as I <laughs> let me just pull this book out of my back pocket? Really quick. Oh, mom. Um, okay, what did I want to? What was my? Let's see here. Holocaust survivors. Yeah. None of the witnesses observed the attacks in their entirety because of the layout of the complex was weird. No. And it seems like she was attacked in two different places. Right? Yeah, and they and as far as they knew, he ran away and she walked away, and they couldn't see her anymore. Oh. And she was staggering. I mean, how do you, she only got stabbed twice? So how do you know you couldn't even see that she was stabbed by the time you run to the window? See, I remember that story from psychology class that she got stabbed like thirty-five times. She got stabbed a lot more once he came back to oh, her. Oh, okay. But so that was oh, I the see. The initial the attack, witnessable part was two stabs. Right. The initial like when everyone saw it was two, and then he had a private moment you know private in the doorway, in the doorway. so no one actually saw that oh god so terrible that's yeah. so nightmarish there's yeah. a um crime to remember about kitty kitty genevieve yeah and i just was like okay i didn't even watch it you didn't no I, i'm sure i watched it because i watched every episode of that show there it's um there's also a girls episode where they like talk about it oh really like the one of the guys is in a play where they reenact the whole thing Oh, but of course, there's a lot of girls' drama going on, so they don't really talk about it. But I love that show. I'm not making fun of it. Okay. Um, let's see. So it became known as the bystander effect or the Genevieve Genevieve's syndrome. Um, and but people are now questioning what really fucking happened. Yeah. So okay, so everyone go to YouTube and you can watch the trailer. It's called The Witness. And if you go to the witness-film.com, you there it's in the theaters right now. If you have oh. an art house theater in your town and it's it's going to be at a lot of small towns. So 
it's not like random and then hopefully it'll be on Hulu or something at some point. Um, yeah. And then it's unlikely that she was able to scream at any point after she got stabbed the first time anyways, because they stabbed her, um, because they stabbed her in the lungs. Oh sure yeah. That's right. Yeah. They, uh. they punctured her. He punctured, they, he punctured her lung. So, after that second stabbing, she probably wasn't screaming anyways. Oh. So it's not like a bunch of people ignored that as well. This whole murder is like worst case scenario. Fucking, fucking worst. Like she would have died from the initial attack, it sounds like, because he punctured a lung and she died from asphyxiation. But. And so if the cops had been called and at that point they took her to the hospital and she died, it it wouldn't have been the same thing as if he fucking ran away and came back and was like, nobody cares. Yeah. I can continue this. Yeah. That's so awful to think about. Yeah. It's dark. Yeah. Um, but the universal emergency phone number was created after this. And yeah, today it's used all the time, but so yeah, uh, the Witness is the movie. It's by James Solomon, and it's a really fat. Like, just watch the. I feel like anyone who listens to this podcast will watch this trailer and definitely want to see it. Yeah, it's really good, and it's such a classic case. I feel like even if you were you've never been interested in true crime, yeah, you've heard the the Kitty Genovese story, yeah. It like they, it's like prerequisite in college and stuff. Yeah. But I guess it's it's an interesting thing to be like, yeah, you know, this thing that you've heard about your whole life. It's not the way you heard it. That's what I love about it. So I hope it's not boring that I did this this case. But I just thought it was the stuff that you'd never you never knew about it. And I really was. It's one of those cases where I was like, uh, I've heard that a million times. I know about it. You fucking totally don't. And then to see it from the brother's point of view, yeah. who also is like kind of a badass dude himself. Yeah. But Where it happened in the Bronx in Queens. 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 Yeah. I, people from Queens are kind of the greatest. Oh yeah. The voice. The you listen to it just for the interviews he does with the people who live around there. They're incredible. For the accents. The accents are incredible. There's a lot of. Oh, there's like a beautiful um, illustrated element of it that they use as like interstitials or to to um to show what was actually going on with this gorgeous illustration. Wow. Yeah. Very simple line drawings, but it's super beautiful. The, I haven't seen this movie, but I also recommend the Crime to Remember episode mm-hmm. about her, Kitty Genovese, because they put out some other alternate theories that yeah. are very interesting. Wasn't one like the downstairs neighbor might have done it? Uh, yeah, I, they don't. They didn't seem convinced he did it. But, yeah, uh, but I did. None of that information of that he'd already killed two other women was in there. They focused a lot on how racist the NYPD was right. back then, and so that they basically would grab up black people, black men, yeah, and just be like, "Were you in the neighborhood? It's you." It sounds like way different than it is today. Oh, so so different. <laughs> um, I would just like to say because I saw a documentary. Are you, is yours done? Sure. Yeah. No, totally. Oh, okay. No, it totally is. Yeah. Um, well, I just saw this. I'm going to bring yours to an end so I can recommend my <laughs> documentary that isn't true crime. But, well, it is because it's crime. Yeah. It's called Tickled. And it oh, is no. unbelievably amazing because it starts out there about this online uh, tickling competition. Um Tickling League. Oh, God. Professional Tickling League, I've I think it's called. already need a fucking shower. Yes. Except for, it's not what you think. It's not some weird, like, can you believe these people exist? 
it goes into the craziest, darkest, scariest fucking thing. And it's this one New Zealand reporter who went, who went looking in, into it because he's basically a human interest reporter for the local news. He got in too and deep. He immediately started getting threatened. And so instead of being like, whoops, better close this up, he starts investigating it. <gasps> and it's amazing. And, Interestingly enough, and not to talk about them all the time, but our friends, the dollop, mm-hmm. who did a very, very popular episode about these tickling competitions very early on. Like this guy did, this New Zealand reporter did the story. They, Dave and Gareth got sent the story, I think by people in Australia or New Zealand saying, you guys have to talk about this. It's crazy. Yeah. And so then they did that episode of the dollop was super popular. And it's actually featured in the documentary. <gasps> Shut up. Yes. They have uh, audio clips of the dollop talking about you, this. He's made it. And it's the very beginning of the movie. And oh, then it goes shit. into like, he's like, he basically is like, yeah, I thought this was this kooky, crazy thing. And then I started researching it. And Ooh. it is edge of your seat. It was one of those things we saw at the Sunset Sundance, mm-hmm. whatever theater. And there was only like 10, 15 people in the theater. And a bunch of us were all sitting in one row, which was Mm -hmm. kind of funny. Like, basically, there was like nine people in one (laughs) row and then like four people outside of our row. Yeah. But by the end, we were all talking to each other. It was one of those like so upsetting and like, oh, my God, what's happening? What channel is it on? I want to watch it. Uh, no, it's a movie. It's a documentary movie that's in oh, like art house theaters right now. Like the witnesses, man, we got to have a double feature. Yes. I wonder if we could host a double feature. We should email this guy. <laughs> Feel like we want to do this. Another everything that comes up. Man. You got an idea. Man. I love what it. What is that? It's the best. It's you're you're the reason um you're the reason it's all happening. I always think of myself as such a lazy person and I'm like constantly berating myself for being lazy and then like sometimes I'll have to write a list of things I'm doing to just be like just look at this Georgia <laughs> everything is okay yeah no you're doing a lot of stuff I liked when we were watching the Simpsons and we were on the same episode and then you were like we've got to watch <laughs> episode five together and live tweet it and I was like you might want to watch the other episodes before you decide we should live tweet oh. this it's kind of a bummer I know I was like we can what if we do this what if we do that we can do this we can do that and like sometimes like when you just got here you were like you kind of had a talk like we had a conversation about something regarding the podcast and you kind of had to like talk me down from it yeah I well, couldn't breathe I get it though yeah you get I can tell when you're excited or like there's a lot going on because you're it it almost looks like you're slowly drowning and you're trying to I'm tell not, me something before you go under I it's kind of what it's like take a deep breath it's happened my entire life yeah like I, I have to yawn I yawn a lot because I have to catch my breath and so I get so worked up that's funny that you've noticed it you have to think about breathing more yeah because that's what yawning is about yawning is about low oxygen levels yeah and you have to like your body goes take this take as much oxygen as in as you can it's so like I've gotten up in the middle of the night and like wrote a blog post about how it, like it's you really feel like you, you're drowning and you can't breathe yeah and it it's just anxiety and then that perpetuates itself and you just still can't breathe and anyways yeah uh so a lot of great ideas guys a lot of great <laughs> oh there was someone that made my favorite piece of art that got made on the that got posted on the facebook page last week is someone did a freehand drawing that was a picture of the forest that said um get a job make you buy your own shit stay out of the forest but 
but with these banners or did you see that yeah it's so beautifully done and it was someone who said their friend did it but they're not they don't want to be on the Facebook right page. <laughs> come God on bless man. their souls i got an email from a girl that i know today who was like um i just started a new job and i overheard my coworkers saying oh my god i'm obsessed with this new podcast and they were like me too and, th- and they were like what's it called my favorite murder and my friend kelsey <gasps> was like i was trying i wanted to tell them so bad and brag that i knew you <laughs> But I, it's a new job. And I was like, tell them. You'll get a raise. She's like, I'm going to hold it for four more days. Yeah. And then drop the bomb. And be like, guess what? Yes. I love it. It makes me happy that a lot of people say they feel like we're best friends. Totally. Not, Not with each other. <laughs> <laughs> best. There it is. And that's it. We're done. Stay sexy. <laughs> no. Are we? Yes. Okay. Go do it again. <laughs> Don't get murdered. I was one a cookie. A cookie? That's a yes. <laughs> Bye. Bye.